Open Science Talk, the podcast about open science. My name is Per Pippin Aspos, and today I'm joined by two colleagues from the University Library here at UIT, the Arctic University of Norway, Philip Konset and Leif Longwa. You are managing the Dataverse NO archive. So, first of all, uh, Leif, where did it all start? It started back in the autumn of 2013. We were actually approached by some linguists to, they they, they asked us for help to uh, establish an archive that they saw that they needed to to disseminate uh, research data sets in in linguistics. And uh, I guess it was based on the things that we'd done on other types of open archives, uh, meaning meaning publications and, and uh, master thesis, doctoral thesis, uh, uh, establishing an archive for these kind of uh, outputs. So they knew that we had some competence on on, on open archives, and they so they approached us. And uh, so that was the fall of two, 2013. The linguistic archive was established in 2014, and we built on that to establish what became Dataverse NO eventually. Yeah, so now when you talk about the linguistics archive, it's trolling, I guess, what today called trolling. And what is that, Philip? Could you explain? Well, trolling stands for uh, the Trumso repository of language and linguistics. And as Leif just said, it's a domain-specific repository for research data from linguistics. Um, it was launched um, in 2014, so in in spring 2014, after we had this project um, that Leif was talking about, uh, and I was happy just to start uh, at that time when when the library started to engage in research data management support services. So it has been an exciting time since ever since then, with a lot of stuff happening all the time and new features coming up and new recommendations and more and more researchers kind of understanding the 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 rational behind open science and so on so yeah so we're still running um trolling from from Tromsø and it's yeah it's has been growing ever since yeah i guess we could have an uh, an own podcast just on trolling one day but then it moved from a very discipline-specific archive trolling to what is now Dataverse NO, and, and how did that happen, Leif? Well, we, uh, first, we, first we, uh, we didn't think of Dataverse NO as an idea at all. We were thinking of an uh, open uh, research data repository for the UIT, the UIT in the, the Arctic University of Norway, for our institution. So that was what we uh, did to do, to, to make the archive suitable for any subject areas, any, any research data sets from, from, from any, any subject areas. And uh, we spent uh, a couple of years on that. 2016 it was that we uh, launched uh, the, the UIT archive. And then when we, we, when we did that, we were actually approached by some other institutions that, who asked us, uh, could we use your repository in some way? And that gave us the idea of, we found out that it wasn't that much uh, work to be done to adjust the software so that we could 
make it a multi-institutional repository. And then we, we named it Dataverse NO, and in the fall of 2017, we launched Dataverse NO. Yeah, the software you just mentioned, Philip, uh, in name, Dataverse, uh, could you tell us what is that? Yeah, so the Dataverse software is a, a soft, an open source software designed for um, archiving and publishing research data. It was develop, developed at um, Harvard University uh, quite a long time ago, and it's still Harvard still leading this this um, open source community uh, f- for Dataverse for the Dataverse software, and now a lot of other. Um, Developers and and research data management experts around the globe are contributing to to develop this software further. And as Leif said, it's from a technical perspective, the the software is quite flexible. So from a technical perspective, it was quite easy to adapt our institutional repository to become a a national repository with with multiple institutional collections. So so I think the the main work in, in establishing a repository is always to to um, create the, the, the supporting uh, the supporting services around the, the, the technical solution. Yeah, the supporting services. One thing is the technical software, setting it up so that it works properly and, and there has been plenty of help from the IT department. Also, we should uh, remember to, to mention it's not a strictly librarian, uh, librarian-read uh, service. But the, the, what kind of support services are then built around this software? Well, first and foremost, we have a curation. We, we are curating the, the data sets to, to make sure that the, the data sets are archived properly. And properly, we mean that it's uh, uh, archived so that anyone who finds the data set are understanding what this and this data set is holding kind of data and what kind of information is in the data. So we need to curate the, the data sets that, are, that the, the researchers submit to the archive. So the curation um, job, is that's, that's, a, that's an uh, important and, and, uh, and a core service that, that we do, making the, the data sets as fair as possible, the fair principles that we may talk more about. Yeah, uh, the the findable, accessible, interoperable, and reusable fair principles. They are sort of the basis, as I understand. But uh, you say curation. Uh, What happens if a researcher submits a data set then? I I mean, if you submit to to one of the online for free services out there, there is no curation, basically, I guess. But they get something else from Dataverse. Could you explain that, Philip? Yeah, it's it's basically the, the the service that Leif just has mentioned. So when a researcher deposits a dataset and submits it for review, which means that um, so so in, in Dataverse NO we have configured the system like that it's it's only possible for curators to publish datasets. So researchers they create a dataset, a draft, and submit submit them for review, and then. Um, um, Someone at usually at the library or, or at, in the research administration at the Dataverse NO partner institutions like UIT and University of Oslo, Bergen, and so on, they would then have a look at the dataset and check if it complies with our 
with our uh, deposit guidelines, basically. So, for instance, is there a, a readme file describing, documenting the data set? Um, did they have? Did they add appropriate uh, keywords, for instance, in the metadata schema and so on? So, it's basically just a, a kind of quality check. Not not so much. It's not about the the quality or the, the contents of the data, which would be a kind of um, peer review. It's it's a more about the the fair aspects of the of the data set. Yeah. So more like the the technical aspects. Are there good keywords? Uh, is it uh, sustainable in the long run, technically speaking? Yeah. Also file formats, for instance. So if if they just have um, added a, a tabular file as an Excel file, we will tell them to also convert it into a plain text file to make sure that the data can be preserved and reusable also in the long term. I see. Um, are there other support services that do we should mention, uh, Leif? I know that you've been into PhD teaching. Um, does this um, uh, Dataverse Anno has any role to play there? Oh, sure. Um, so the keyword teaching is, uh, uh, is, is, is central to, to, to the, the, well, the list of services that we offer. Uh, we, we offer um, designated uh, courses for, for PhD candidates, uh, but we also run open courses or webinars uh, that anyone may just uh, uh, drop in to, uh, to follow. These are, these are um, thematic courses that follow each step of the, on the way to, to fr- from, from planning your, uh, your research project all, all the way up to archiving your, your data set. So sort of following this research data management life cycle, all the steps included there are, are subject to a, uh, to a thematic course. And, uh, and uh, those courses are quite uh, popular, and, uh, and the people who follow these uh, courses or webinars, we, we do them both in class, uh, but also webinars, especially during the COVID period, we needed to, do, to develop these into webinars. And people who follow them are, are quite happy with them. The, the feedback is, is good, and so this is a, a much-needed uh, service that we do to, to sort of train our researchers and graduate students on how to do these things. Yeah, we could mention that there are many institutions across Norway participating in this, so it's not just UIT who who runs this, Uh, so there is teaching and and curation going on all across Norway. Um, How many institutions have joined so far, Philip? Yeah, so just a couple of weeks ago, um, um, Nofema, it's a research institute for food sciences in Norway. They joined us as and as number fourteen, I guess. So it started with two institutions: uh, the UIT here in Tromsø and the southernmost university in Agder, and then it increased. It has been increasing uh, gradually. And I just wanted to add to what Leif has been talking about: um, teaching and training and so on. So, mm-hmm. so the courses Leif has been mentioning is they are targeted. Uh, mostly at, at researchers at the different partner institutions. So as you s- said, Per, it's not only UIT, but most of the other Dataverse and partner institutions, they offer these courses or, or webinars for their employees or also if they are open, anyone, in, anyone can join them if it's a webinar, it's online, for instance. But in addition to that, we also have um, um, webinars and training 
uh, events for, for the database and no curators. So for the people that curate the data sets in, in the repository. Um, so we run a couple, uh, yeah, it depends. We, we run them on a, on a regular basis um, for each, each semester. So and we would talk about, you know, different topics about what is important to, 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 to look after when you curate a data set like file format and, and um, yeah, metadata and so on. Yeah, so proper training of the curators themselves, I guess, is is key here. Uh, we could also mention that it's five years ago this autumn uh, semester that um, the first institution joined and Dataverse NO was created. So this is a sort of a, a birthday celebration podcast. Um, what about the kinds of data stored in uh, Dataverse NO? Um, Leif, uh, is it for any kind of research data or is it more designated for certain disciplines? It's, it's, uh, you may say that it's for any kind of data, but there is uh, one, uh, one uh, definite uh, limitation that these data are, uh, are, uh, are, 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 uh, uh, may be open available. So it's, it's for open research data. So no uh, person data should be in there, no sensitivity uh, regarding persons or regarding business sensitivity or, 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 or uh, national security or whatever. So those kind of data are not uh, suitable for Dataverse NO. Uh, we can have a, a lock on the files for a, for a limited time, but uh, the data in Dataverse NO are meant to be open uh, at least in a year or two. So researcher may ask us to have them locked for a, for a while, but not not more than a year or two. I see. So it's for open data and, and yeah. mostly not data involving people, because then you have regulations regarding sensitivity, etc. Um, I know that Dataverse NO a couple of years ago got something called a core trust seal attached to it. Uh, what is that, Philip? And, and could you tell us why Dataverse NO has this seal uh, briefly? Yeah, so Cortrust seal is a certification framework and it, it allows repositories or yeah, mainly repositories, research data repositories to demonstrate that they operate their service according to best practices. Um, so you have to document that you follow yeah, best practice in, in, in different aspects. So, for instance, um, file, file format assessment, uh, long-term preservation, but also, you know, uh, uh, like the curation or how you how you guide your researchers when they deposit data um, about fulfilling requirements from, from different um, research communities, if there are some, for instance. Uh, so we, we basically applied for this a certification to to demonstrate for for our researchers, so that's a kind of convenient way for them to to also for them to demonstrate for for uh, their funders, for instance, or for a journal publisher that they comply with um, the quality requirements or best practice recommendations in in the field. Yeah, so you get a, sort of a stamp. It's it's a research data set that has been stored in a proper archive, which is trustworthy. Yeah, and, and also, for instance, the, the EU recommends the researchers to, to, to choose repositories that are certified because it makes it easier to, to, uh, to, to choose as a repository. So you can then 
kind of trust them that they are operated in a, in a responsible way. You mentioned earlier, Leif, that a researcher submits uh, a data set to the archive and then it goes not through peer review, to take the analogy with, with journal publishing, it, it goes through curation and you are one of the curators. Um, is there some sort of author-facing processing charge, like you have APC, article processing charges, in the, in the journal business? Do you have this kind of charges? Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice question. <laughs> no, we don't. So for the for the researcher, there is no uh, processing charge for uh, archiving uh, his or her uh, data set in, uh, in, uh, in Dataverse, I know. Uh, so uh, how is it financed? It's, uh, it's, it's backed by... by um, our, our university, UIT, and then there is a uh, fee for any partner partnering up with Dataverse. So that's the financial basis of the of the service. Uh, so no no payment for per per research uh, dataset. Oh. Yeah, and there are of course no uh, reading uh, the reader, so to speak, of the data set will have no charge either. So sure, sure, it's it's a definitely open sec open access. Yes. Yeah. So what we're touching upon here is the Norwegian word dugnad. It means uh, working uh, voluntarily together. You could say so. These uh, uh, people involved as curators, they are of course employed by their universities. But the universities and the university colleges and research institutes that have joined so far, they they join in a, a collaborative effort called Dugnod, you could say. Um, Philip, um, if there are listeners out there not from Norway saying, oh, this sounds like a good archive, this is the place where I want to store my data sets, I guess they would need to be a linguist in, in order to submit, because this is for Norwegian partner institutes, isn't it? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's basically for, for any kind of data and from any discipline, uh, so we, our main designated community or targeted community is kind of the researchers from the long tail of data, or <laughs> the long tail of research, sorry, uh, meaning that so some, some research, researchers, they would have their domain-specific repositories that are more, more tailored towards their needs. And for them, um, most often they would choose these kind of uh, repositories if they are suited. But in many disciplines, there are no such domain-specific services. So they would they would choose like um, services like Dataverse NO and and others. Yeah, but you, if you were a linguist situated in let's say Berlin, then you could submit your dataset to Trolling. Yeah, for instance, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because that's so, uh, you don't have to be part of a Norwegian institute to uh, actually use Trolling. But I guess for to use Dataverse NO then you would need to be affiliated at least to some institution in Norway or have collaborators there. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a national repository and, and the, the, our main target group are our researchers associate, associated with the Norwegian research organizations, yes. Yeah. And just to add to, to something Leif said about the, how it is funded, it's, it's, as, as Leif said, it's, there is a fee for partner institutions, but the, the main contribution is, is the is the, the, the curation work that the partner institutions contribute with. So that's, as you said, it's, it's the people contributing uh, back, backstage to, to, the, to the service. Are there other uh, services like this? I mean, in other countries, uh, Philip? 
Yeah, so it's it's becoming more and more popular data, the Dataverse uh, soft software, and, and there are currently a number of also national uh, um, installations or repositories based on Dataverse. For instance, in, in the Netherlands, Netherlands, uh, just recently there was one established in France. Um, yeah, we have uh, one coming up in in Hungary and and Denmark and yeah, so it's 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 very popular uh, across the globe. Yeah, so if you're not from Norway and you're listening to this program, maybe there is a Dataverse installation that you can use anyway. Um, well, are there anything else we should add here at the end of the program? Do you have any extra thoughts? Yeah, so we're trying to, to improve our service um, continuously. So, for instance, you know, improving our training webinars we have for curators, and 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 also we are working on a, we have been working on a, a grant proposal for external funding from from the Norwegian Research Council to to upgrade the to kind of make a, a major upgrade of the of the repository, of the whole infrastructure, also that on the technical side and and. Also on, co- on the competence side and the human human side, so we are going to resubmit our proposal next year, and uh, and hopefully, it, this will also allow us to to kind of, yeah, do, it's a kind of major upgrade. So usually when we have our small improvements, it we have to do this, you know, beside our other commitments and so on. So this kind of external funding would help us to kind of make a, a major improvement. I'd like to add that one uh, uh, important uh, thing that we still need to, to work on is the, to, to, to make the, the researchers aware of the importance of uh, research data management and research data archiving. Uh, uh, researchers are, are very occupied with uh, publishing their papers in the, in the correct journals, uh, in the good journals, and of course they are. But they should also, we, we need to still work on making them aware of the importance of good data management and good data archiving. Because the, the data sets uh, from a research project, those are what makes your research uh, uh, accountable and and uh, and uh, and uh, uh, reproducible. If you if you want to, if someone wants to look into what you did as as a researcher and and, and question your uh, your uh, research findings, then you, they need access to the data and a description of what you did when you co- collected the data and all these things. So awareness ar- around these things is something that we still need to to work on. Yeah, and uh, I totally agree, and, and that's also why we, it's important to have services like Dataverse and O that kind of support the researchers in this uh, endeavor and this work in, uh, with open science to make the research more more transparent and more reproducible and, and accountable, as you said. Well, um, at the very end of this podcast episode, I would like to congratulate you both with this uh, service. It's now almost five years old uh, to the day. Uh, how are you going to celebrate the birthday? With a cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. So maybe you know that there will be a, a conference on scholarly publishing uh, 
at the end of this month and the start of December. And at the last day at this Munin conference, we will celebrate with, uh, I hope, I hope quite a large cake. Uh, yeah. And then, and then there will be a, uh, a, a jubilee seminar, a small stupid jubilee seminar, uh, the following the following day. Yeah. Yeah. With that, I wish you a happy birthday when that uh, those days come, and uh, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Thank you for having us here. Thank you. This podcast is produced by the University Library at UIT, the Arctic University of Norway. Thanks for listening.